I love, I love a good to-do list. Uh, in the past, I used to make spectacular to-do lists. I'd fold the paper into fourths, and in one corner I had uh, things that are urgent and important, right? These are things that have to be done soon, and if they don't, something bad will happen. And then I had urgent and unimportant and unimportant and not urgent. And then I had, yeah, unimportant and not urgent. That's like, you know, cleaning your office or fu- that fun little pet project. You do that stuff, but you do everything else first. So I, 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 this is how I did my time. Well, one day, I lost the list. I lost the list. And so um, I had to sit down on my emails and my calendar and just rebuild it as best I could from memory. So that's what I did, and then I went on. Six months later, I'm moving a file cabinet, and behind the file cabinet, I find the lost list. And I look in that category of important and urgent, and there were six items on there that had never been done. Supposedly, these were things that had to be done soon or something bad would happen. Six months later, I didn't even remember they existed And life had gone on just fine. So I learned something that day. uh, That a lot of what I think is important really isn't important. And a lot of what I think is urgent really isn't urgent. Isn't that what we learned in the pandemic altogether? That you can wake up one morning, especially the lockdown part, you can wake up one morning and 90% of your life can be swept away. You're cut off from it. You can't do that. And life goes on pretty much just fine. Our culture is struggling right now. We feel it all around us. We feel it in our own house and family. We feel it all over the world. Our culture is struggling right now with identity. Who am I? What am I supposed to be? How can I be the best me? How can I make sure my kids are the best them? Um, We're struggling with depression at unprecedented rates. Um, suicide and self-harming are higher than they've ever been. The fastest growing group for, for those most serious forms of depression are children under 10. That's the fastest growing group. And it's all, it's all so unnecessary. For the whole world to be struggling with these things, it's so unnecessary. Identity, who am I? What's my purpose? These are things that God gives us. Each day he gives us that anew. And yet so few people have contact with that. That children should feel alone and unloved. Literally every church in the world is dying to throw their arms around children and let them know that God loves them and that we love them and we care for them. And there, you know, so fewer, so few children go to church these days to know that. That parents should feel alone. How can I make sure my kid gets to be the best them? In our congregation, it's literally built into our name. Lakeland Community Church. Community is where you get that. I can't imagine raising my kids, having raised my kids outside this community. I mean, this is where I came every week to find out that's normal, that's not normal, that's important, that's not important, that's a big deal. You can let that go by. I needed that every week from all of you in church. There's so much that's offered here for what pains our world, and yet so little people, so few people in our world have it. God gives us friendship. God gives us love. God gives us community. He gives us everything that the world is in anguish over not having right now. 
But what can you and I do about that? We're all moving pretty fast and pretty exhausted ourselves. We're to the point in church now that if we put on a fun event, only a fraction of people will attend because we're too exhausted. Now we're too exhausted to have fun. We can make a restful retreat. We're too exhausted to rest. When you're too exhausted to rest, you're in a bad spot now. Now, are we exhausted because we're doing too much? Or are we exhausted because we sense somewhere inside us that even though our to-do list is full, very little of it matters? Maybe we're beginning to sense that. I mean, what else did the pandemic show us, especially the lockdown part? That God is in the simple things. That God is in the small things. Taking a walk with someone that you love. We did that a lot in the lockdown because what else was there to do? But God was there. And when we started saying, I can't take it anymore, I'm going to have my friends over and we'll sit in the driveway or we'll sit in the patio around a fire pit and we'll talk. We found out God was there. And when we finally got to come back together and sing these beautiful songs to God, we realized singing it all together is not the same as singing it on TV. We were thankful for that when that was all we had, but God is here and it matters. He's in the small things. So we know in church that serving others is a component of it, and serving others these days just sounds really exhausting. But I want to encourage us to take a small step into thinking about it differently. That, that serving in church is an opportunity to do something small and something simple that matters. Because God is there. A picture, you know, picture yourself, you're getting up early one Sunday a month because it's your Sunday, right? And you're coming in and you're picking up trash in the parking lot and watering the plants and shoveling the sidewalks when there's snow, when that, that's going to happen. Um, just to make it welcoming, to say, we were expecting you to come and we cleared this all off for you. Because frankly, a lot of people who don't go to church these days think that what we do in here is hold a political rally. Most people's impression of church now is that we just come in here, we hold a political rally, and we whip each other up to make sure that we all vote the same. And that's what they think we do in here week after week. Watering the plants, picking up the trash, shoveling the walk, making it more like a home that's inviting you in. Political rally. That matters. It's your Sunday. You get up early, you come in, you put on a badge, you're going to welcome people. Because, you know, if you don't come to church regularly, church is actually very confusing to know what to do. You come in, you stand in this giant room, it's got five different exits, what do I do next? If you didn't grow up in this, you don't know. But a good greeter would say, well, there's the restrooms if you need that, and here's a coffee bar, you get to enjoy that. If you have kids, that's where you check them in, and when you've had your fun with all of that, the big room is where you go next. Oh, Okay. That's so warm to not leave people standing out there feeling dumb just because they've never done it before. That greeting, that moment of welcoming, it matters. And God is there. If you've got gadget skills, you know, people come in on Wednesday to practice. So that it's a little bit earlier, but, you know, these lights and turning on those cameras and running that soundboard and making sure this microphone doesn't make weird noises and learning to play these instruments It all matters because it creates this feeling that when we preach from the Bible, 
And when Marta gives announcements about a next step that you could take, and when we sing these songs, it all, it all matters. It's like the most important thing going on. And it gives people that impression because like, they really did that kind of professional. They lit it, they filmed it, they tuned it, they dialed it, they practiced it. This must be, this must, there must be something in this. That attention to detail, it matters and God is there. If you come in one Sunday a month, you come here early and you sit across the table from a child and you say, what's the best thing that happened to you last, last, this last week? What's the worst thing that happened that made you kind of sad? And you listen, that matters. And then you tell the, tell the, the kids, okay, we're going to go do this activity or we're going to go hear this story and it's going to tell you something that you won't hear anywhere else this week. None of your other activities will tell you this this week, that there is a God who made all of this. And one of the things he made that he's most proud of is you. And he has a purpose for you. He brought us all together just to tell you this story. That's how much he loves you. They won't hear that anywhere else this week. That matters. And those early teens and trailhead, you know, 10 to 13, that's the fastest growing group that's in trouble emotionally in our culture. To have someone show up for them and say, I just came to hear how your week was. To tell you this story of this God who is... So over the moon, proud of you. That's an hour that matters. When you come hold that young couple's baby, and they get maybe the only hour of the week they're not holding that baby themselves, and they come in here, they're doing more than just hearing the word of God, which is priceless. But they're also meeting other people who have the deer in the headlights, I've got this baby, what do I do with it? Look. And they're going to raise those babies together and they're going to become a community together and lift one another up. I mean, I used to hold my baby and one of you held your baby and now our babies are rooming together at college, literally, this morning, sharing a dorm room in Kirksville. That's priceless. That's what you're giving someone when you're holding their baby for an hour. An opportunity for that whole life to be built. And that matters. See, what we're doing, this is so hokey, I wish I was better at analogies. Pastor Dan would have done this perfectly. I call it the river of love. See, that's stupid sounding. That's the best I could do. But it's like we're all bringing a cup of water, you know, and all we got is just our cup. It's small, it's simple, it's not much, but we pour it out. And we, but when we're all pouring it out, it makes this river. So if the Holy Spirit just gets someone to our parking lot, as soon as they step out of the car, they're washed in it. They're washed through where the plants are watered and the snow is shoveled and all this is cleaned up. And then they, they're washed in where the greeters say, welcome and, and here's where you go and this is what you do next. You're going to do fine here. And they're washed into here where there's the lights and the sound and the, the worship. And like, well, this looks like kind of, they thought this was a big deal. They're washed into Marta's announcements that tell them, here's the next step where you can go in the stream. And then they're washed back out again in the world. And they say, that was an incredible amount of love. I wonder why they're all doing that. For me. I can't do that for someone by myself. I can't create all that, and neither can you, but I can bring my cup, and when we're all doing it, it makes this river. And we all walk away going, I had a lot of things to do on my to-do list today. My grass just got four hours longer while I was at church, but uh, that mattered. That mattered. This is... This is what it feels like to have the peace of God. Here, here's the story. I was, uh, one summer night, I was out at the swing set. I was pushing my son. It was late in the summer. 
And I was in school studying to become a pastor, so I had a lot of papers to write. I had a lot of tests to take. I had a lot of projects that weren't getting done, lots of um, um, pages to read. And I was just getting ready to tell my son, look, 10 more swings, son, and then I got to go in and get some stuff done. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit just kind of fell on me in just like one sentence. Look around, you're where you belong. And I looked around, and although it was late summer, it was actually nice weather. And I thought, you know, this is Missouri. You actually don't have that many nights when it's nice to be outside. It's usually too hot or too cold. But this is one of those nice ones. There's not going to be a lot like this. And my hand was on my son's back. And if you remember 10 years ago, my son was a handful. Um, But you got him out on the swing set, pushed him on the swings, he was at peace. I thought there's not going to be so many more years that he wants to sit out here and do this with me. And then I just could feel the Spirit saying, you're exactly where you should be, doing exactly what you should be doing. And I am pleased. I don't remember a lot of nights for the last 10 years, but I remember that one. And we stayed out there and I pushed him until it got dark. So I want everyone to be able to walk away from church feeling. I was exactly in the right place doing exactly what I should be doing. And God was pleased. Amen.